This episode is brought to you by Kitcaster. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. there you are listening to the dream big and kick ass podcast i'm mandy your host and i'm so glad you're here if you want encouragement inspiration support empowerment then join me as we talk about finding and following your purpose overcoming adversity and living out our dreams if you believe life's too short to be caught up in insecurities fear and feeling defeated then let's hang out in the dream big and kick ass podcast Hey, my friends, let me introduce you to my guest, Julie Bartkus. She is an award-winning business owner, internationally known speaker, coach, and best-selling author. For more than 20 years, she has been helping leaders across the globe experience a workplace detox so they can cultivate a more harmonious workplace culture that leads to higher productivity, staff retention, and profits. Julie is a serial entrepreneur, and her greatest joy comes from helping business owners and leaders transform their mindsets, reconnect with the heart of their business, and achieve great financial success. Julie, thank you so much for being here today. Tell us a little bit more about you. Hey, Mandy. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so I've been in business for myself for over 20 years, and really relationships and people have been my passion for longer than that. So it's really fantastic now when I get to go into workplaces and detox environments. And I really find that it stems back to a lot of times the mindset that the key person is holding. So we're really looking at detoxing mindsets first, before we can really do any of the real work that's going to transform everybody else who works for you. So the work that we do can really help anybody in their journey, wherever you are, take things to the next level. And that's what I get really passionate about and excited about is just seeing people make those breakthroughs happen. Yeah. If there was a company or a leader or somebody that called you and said, Hey, we need your services. What would they be asking for? What would you be doing? They would probably be dealing with a lot of destructive behaviors in the workplace, a lot of toxic relationships. Maybe it's workplace gossip, drama, negativity. A lot of the leaders that we work with, especially right now, are ones who are having problems attracting the team of their dreams. So they're having problems maybe just even attracting staff, period, (laughs) right? As a lot of businesses are. But they come to me because they know that we have the power to transform that and really open up the floodgates to getting a whole slew of candidates in, in spite of what everybody else is going through. And that's the difference that we can make once we shift our mindset is that we really take what others might deem as impossible and make it possible. So they'll come to us to attract, manage, motivate, and retain the team of the dreams, the the ones who can help them bring their big vision to life. Okay. What kind of steps do you take? Like, is there, are there meetings? Are there certain strategies that are put in place? Or give me an idea of what it looks like for... Yeah. So everything that we do is very personalized. So it really depends upon where a leader's pain point is. So I have some leaders who call me say, Julie, okay, we've got gossip and negativity and nobody's a team player. So that's going to be one set of strategy. But then we have other leaders who are like, you know what, we've got some of that going on, but 
we're also not able to confront staff or we're feeling fear when it comes to confronting staff because we can't let anybody go because we're afraid we're not going to attract anybody else to come in and to work for us. So we want to eliminate that fear. So it really depends upon where you're at. Everything that we do is very personalized. And it always starts with a conversation. Right. So we have a conversation. We talk about what it is that you truly desire, what it is that you want to bring to life, the challenges that you're currently facing. And then we strategize and put your game plan of action into place. Okay. It's more of a generalized answer, but it's it's really very personalized because everybody's different. So for some organizations, we have to look at, well, what are you putting out there with your help wanted ad? So that could be a big thing because it's sometimes we take that old help wanted ad that we've used for years, we blow the dust off of it. And we're like, (laughs) okay, all right, there we go. We got a help wanted ad when it's really the energy behind the intent. So we really want to shift the energy and then rewrite the ad that is inspiring and motivating and that people are like drawn into. So if we're having problems attracting staff, it would probably start there, looking at the help wanted ad, looking at the vision, looking at the story that we're telling about our program or about our business. Right. So what would be some immediate results that a business owner could see or a a leader could see once you start working with them? We have leaders and we have clients right now uh, who just reported. We have one who just sent me an email this morning and she's like, finally, I feel like I can breathe. Oh, good. So she's starting to attract really good team members. We revamped her interview process. We revamped help wanted ads and we really transformed and shifted her mindset. And she's feeling now like she's having more time and freedom in her business because you need people if you're going to be able to grow. But a lot of times people close down to needing other people in their business because they're like, all right, now I got to figure out that piece of it. And what if things aren't going so good? What do we do? And and how do we change it all? We really want to be thinking in terms of like, oh, all right, how do we make this into our ideal situation? We had another client who put a help on that out there and was hearing crickets. Yeah. And we had a coaching session, came back the following week for coaching session number two. And he said, after we did the rewrite in two days, he had 40 applicants. Wow. So he went from significant to 40 applicants. But we do the same thing with clients as well. We have people who are really having problems attracting clients. And we had one of our students who was able to shift this to attracting like 36 new clients in three weeks. Wow. And that's for her brick and mortar business. Yeah. So it's not a, a consulting business or anything, but it's just amazing when you shift your mindset and yeah. make that internal change happen, the dynamic that could unfold. And a lot of times we're really looking at strategy. We're looking at it like, okay, what else do I need to do? 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 And in reality, it's really only a few strategies that you need to implement to help you become successful but we're always reaching and searching for the next best thing. Or you might call it the bright, shiny object syndrome. (laughs) Guilty over here, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) But you really only need to align yourself with two to three amazing strategies, and that's going to get you transformational results. Yeah. Are there benefits from the detox strategies? Do those move over into the home life as well? Mm. Besides just workplace? Absolutely. We have seen business owners, leaders transform their personal lives in addition to their professional life because it all overlaps, right? I mean, if you're up at midnight thinking about who's going to do what tomorrow, what situations are going to transpire, 
what am I going to have to deal with? And it's midnight, one o'clock, you can't sleep. I mean, that takes a toll on your health. That takes a toll on your personal relationships. So we really want to make the time that we're working most effective so that we can really enjoy and be at peace with the time that we, we have in our personal life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What signs should leaders, signs of toxicity should leaders be looking for or be aware of? There's many of them. Several that I mentioned already is like the the drama, the negativity, the gossip, call outs, turnover, absenteeism, any of those kind of things. So even if you as an entrepreneur, you hire a VA, you can even be looking for these signs of toxicity to see like, all right, is this person already checking out? Because everything that we experience in the workplace, it's a symptom of the other things that are going on. So we want to become tuned in to what the symptoms are so we know how to treat the cause. When we treat the cause, we're able to reverse the situation and really get something powerful in place that will serve our vision. But when we don't, we're going to be putting Band-Aids and investing a lot of money in Band-Aid stock, (laughs) You know, (laughs) just putting Band-Aids over everything saying, oh, okay, we have this problem going on or this, she didn't meet this deadline or this happened. And it's like Band-Aid, 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 Band-Aid. And then you're checking out of the relationship. They've already checked out of the relationship. And it's not a good situation. So you want to look for the signs, for the symptoms that a detox is needed. Look for the places where your own mindset is going, oh, something's not right. Yeah. Look for that. And that's giving you a sign that there is something that needs to change. Right. Yeah. Switching gears just a little bit, can you talk about childcare business success and childcare program of excellence? What's that all about? <laughs> well, one of my one of my biggest passions is the childcare industry. So for over twenty years, I've been working with childcare business owners. So they are brick and mortar business owners, most of them, and we have created several different coaching programs for them specifically that they could take advantage of. So childcare business success is set up to serve our childcare industry. That's my company. Childcare program of excellence is to help childcare providers, childcare owners who really want to be recognized and acknowledged for excellence in their centers achieve that. Nice. So, and in the childcare industry, it's it's an interesting dynamic because you can't function without staff. You have to be in ratio, right. or you can get closed down. So it's it's even a bigger challenge in the childcare industry is to make sure that you're detoxing your environment to make sure. You're attracting the best of the best. And it is possible. And you don't even have to pay the best of the best to attract the best of the best. Yeah. They deserve every bit of pay that they get and more. Oh, absolutely. I think they're underpaid just like teachers are underpaid. So, you know, it's it's totally true. But we also have to understand the dynamic in any industry that money is not the pure motivator. No. So a lot of times, whether it's in our childcare programs or other organizations or even entrepreneurs working with their VA, it's like, oh, if I just pay them more money, they're going to be more motivated. But that's not necessarily the case. You no. have to look at, well, what else is it that we really need to do to sustain motivation levels? And we have clients who will attract amazing staff, even though they pay $2 less an hour than yeah. like, let's say if we're in the childcare industry, then the childcare program down the street. So it's really an interesting dynamic to say like, wow, okay, you don't pay the top, but you're attracting some pretty amazing people. Yeah. 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 It all works together. You have to feel good in your your environment. There has to be good morale there. And then 
being able to pay your bills is, is a good thing <laughs> right. <too>. Yes, yes. <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah. So, what advice do you have for somebody that's just starting out on their own business? Like, what to do, what not to do, things like that. Yeah. So I remember way back when starting my own business. <laughs> I think the thing to do when you're in business for yourself is to really be thinking about how you want to experience growth and be thinking about delegating tasks sooner than later. And it doesn't mean that you have to hire an employee. It doesn't mean that you have to have somebody on your team full time, but think about who can you delegate tasks to? And there might be nieces, there might be nephews, there might be a grandmother, there might be somebody who'd be like, oh yeah, I'll do that thing for you. And then it just takes a headache off your plate. So the more you can really stay in your creative zone, the better and more profitable I believe you'll be. But don't think that you have to hire this huge big team right off the bat. Think about task. It's a different world that we live in. You don't have to create a job for everything that you need done, but look at tasks, look at things you could delegate from that list. So that would be right. one of my biggest recommendations. Yeah, that's you a know? good recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> Another one would be is to really get yourself out there, whether it's getting on the phone, building relationships, do it old school, whatever it takes. But in today's day and age, we're hyper connected. And yeah. one way of connecting with people is like right now, this podcast interview, right. you and I are connecting. We've got, you know, your listeners that we're connecting to. But do something that makes you feel uncomfortable, that really gets you outside of your comfort zone to connect with other people. And sometimes it doesn't take much. Sometimes it's just a matter of talking to the guy at the gas station, you know, and it's like, all right, let me share my vision with you. But that's how you inspire a community of followers. And I've done this in banks. I've done this in different industries where it's like, I'm just sharing my vision and talking about what I'm doing. And they're like, oh, if you're ever hiring, let me know. Or I know somebody who that service might benefit. Everybody in the community you want to think about as a potential referral source or an amazing customer or client or somebody who could potentially work for you and serve your vision in a different way. But you don't know which one of those three categories people fall into until you have a conversation. Right. Building those relationships is super, super important. Oh, yeah. Crazy important. Yeah. Yeah. That's one cool thing about this podcast, to be honest, is that I've met tons of people now just because of this podcast, a lot of people in the online entrepreneurial world and things like that. And plus, and just other people that are friends of friends. Hey, I know this person that they this they went through this and overcame this. They would be great on your podcast. So yeah, it's been really, really exciting and fun and meaningful to me to make those connections with people. And I wish I would hear more feedback from more people because I know it's out there, but because just from the things that I've heard, some people say, oh my gosh, that episode with blah, 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 you know, that really spoke to me or, yeah. And so that's exciting to me. I'm like, yes, I'm glad that's what it's for. Help somebody and inspire them and uplift them and encourage them to take a big step or take a big leap, do something that's following your dream and following your, your vision for your life, walking in your purpose and all those things. So. Yeah. And it's amazing, especially with a a podcast named like the dream big and kick ass. -ass, Yeah. Yeah. Everybody should be leaving feeling motivated from what you're sharing. Yeah. Yeah, It was funny because I toyed around with that name. I'm like, I really just want it to be called that. I'm like, do you think it'll, I'm asking friends, you know, I'm like, you think it's going to be off putting to anybody? They're like, well, if it off puts them, they're not your people. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. 
Well, I would love, I would love to get into that a little bit too about, you know, just what it means dreaming big and and kicking some ass. What, what is that? How do we do that? I think it's so different for each individual. I mean, because something that's easy for me might not be easy for somebody else. And that may be something that they're dreaming to be able to acquire or be able to achieve or whatever. But I think it's just like when you were talking about just personalized strategies or whatever, depending on the person, depending on what they need depending on what their goals are and depending on how much fear they're tackling, how much they're sabotaging themselves or whatever from being able to do that. But yeah, and I think everybody should really be asking themselves the question, am I dreaming big enough, wanting big enough for myself, you know, because if you are, then when you communicate really what you want in your life, other people will be looking at you like you're a little bit crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. You want want what? You want to do what? But if we play too small, then we find also that our enthusiasm or our motivation will be decreasing when it comes to working and working can feel hard sometimes. But if you're dreaming big and you're in this state of imagination where it's like, wow, this thing's going to come to life and I'm creating this and I'm so excited about it. Ooh, you're going to make some magic happen. And you're going to be an influence to other people, whether it's for your product or for your service. So it's really going to start with your mindset to know, number one, that you're worthy of dreaming big. And number two, make it big. You know, why why play small? Right. Well, and the self-worth thing, that is huge. There are so many people that I know that I'm like, if she could just believe in herself, if she just would tap into the worth that is really there, that, that she doesn't see or that she's not allowing herself to step into, you know, that they would just be, they would do amazing, wonderful, awesome thing. And you just, I just, my heart breaks for anybody because I was there before too. And I mean, I still walk through a lot of that stuff too, but like just trying to to shake people, not literally, but like shake them and go, wake them up, wake up. You are amazing. (laughs) You are, yeah. You're kicking their ass. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like you're an amazing woman. You're an amazing dude. You know, Mm. you guys, you've got so much in you, so much potential. Coming from a teaching background, and that's all the things we always try to pump into our students, of course, you know, I mean, like what teacher doesn't want to inspire their students to dream big and to do awesome things or whatever. You know, the thing is, is like sometimes for some reason that stop when you become an adult, like yeah. where did that stop? Who said it was okay to stop that just because you are adulting now, you know, and you have to go get a job or whatever. Why do you have to stop dreaming? I don't understand. And you don't, I think tied in with dreaming is, is remembering how important your imagination is. Yeah. Or regardless of, of where you're at right now, a huge part of dreaming big is to be able to tap into your creative imagination yes. and cultivate this picture. And I encourage people to tap into their art form, whatever it is, whether yes. it's writing or drawing pictures or stick figures like myself, <laughs> whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah, figure, right, yeah. right. But use your imagination. And this is what Napoleon Hill revealed in his book, Think and Grow Rich is that you got to, number one, really tap into your desire. What is it that you want to bring to life in your life? And number two, use your imagination to create your reality, not only once, but create it twice. Create it once inside of your mind and then create it again in terms of what you're going to actually experience with your eyes. So there's two realities going on. One's in your mind, your eyes are closed. You could see it playing out. The other is eyes are open and you see a certain picture going on. But we want to bridge the gap between the two. But the one that's going on in your imagination, I think that's got to be the dreamiest of dreamiest of all. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) really. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. 
So, okay, in your experience, what are the biggest challenges that women entrepreneurs seem to face? I think a big, a big part of it from what I've experienced is people, it's going to go back to the self-worth, is mm-hmm. feeling that they're worthy of experiencing success, of letting go of feelings that there's something wrong with you. Mm. And we all experience this on different levels. Even when, even right now I'm up leveling in different ways and I'm sitting there in bed going, Oh my goodness, who am I? And how, you know, but I'm like, no, you deserve this. Yeah. (laughs) You know, this is your life. You're designing it. You're creating it. Yeah. But we often, especially when we try and we, we fail, we tend to think that there's something wrong. There's something wrong with us. We're doing something wrong. And we just have to really come to peace with the fact that it takes cultivating a mindset that supports where you want to go and where you want to grow. So really know that. So when you get to a place and you think, oh, something's wrong or I don't deserve this, think, oh, wait a second, something different's possible for me. And it's going to start with my thoughts. Yes. And there was a time many, many years ago, I've I've been through a lot in my life. I've been divorced. I've been widowed. And when I was going through divorce, it was an abusive relationship. And I remember just thinking like, okay, I'm broken. Something is wrong with me because I'm going through this abuse and I'm going through this divorce and I'm not happy. And I just kept thinking something's wrong with me. And then I remember going to Barnes and Noble or Borders bookstores yeah. <laughs> when you could do that for Friday night. Yes, night I night love those bookstores. Right. I still love them. I miss them. Yes. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll pay tribute to them later. But uh, <laughs> it's different these days. But I would go to the bookstores and books just started speaking to me. And I remember getting books by Ogbandino, Zig Ziglar, Les Brown, but an Ogbandino's book called The Greatest Miracle in the World. There was a line in there and I remember sitting in a dark corner of a room, you know, just went to be by myself and I was in a room, had a little light, got my highlighter. I remember highlighting the words and it said, you are not a tree condemned to a small plot while the wind and world abuses you. You can run and stretch and dance and work and play. You have choices. And I remember reading those words and I was like, whoa. This is changing my life. Yeah. So books interjecting new thoughts into my head mm-hmm. was creating a new reality inside of my mind that I didn't even know was possible. Yeah. And it was in those moments that I said, okay, if I could speak and if I could change one person's life with my words, that's what I want to do. Yeah. But it's very personal and very profound to me, the experience that I went through. And I still have a lot of those books today that I was highlighting and then I'd get yeah. on the treadmill as I was getting, you know, really fit at the time. And I would be like highlighting and I'd go back to those books. I'm like, there's the squiggly highlighting lines from being yeah. on the treadmill at the same time I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> but look for what speaks to you because I think there's universal guidance. I Actually, I know. I don't even know what I'm going to think. I know there's universal guidance out there. And if you open your heart to it, you're going to be guided in the direction of what will prompt you to grow, what will inspire you to get out of your comfort zone. And I believe that that's what dreaming big is all about. It's about getting outside of your comfort zone. It's not dreaming big within boundaries. It's really about opening up all the possibilities of you and saying, all right, what is it that I need to do to really dream big within my life with what I'm capable of? Yeah. You're so capable of way more than what you think you are. Absolutely. But it's your your mindset and it takes those thoughts being planted and hanging onto those suckers like they're gold because they are. 
and letting them guide you and propel you forward. Absolutely. And also taking into account, like even ask your friends, ask your friends and your family members, like, tell me something that you see in me that is good or positive or amazing or whatever. And you will be surprised all the awesome things that they will tell you about yourself. And you go, oh, I guess I am. I guess I do like that. I guess I am like that, whatever. Mm -hmm. And we don't see ourselves the way other people see us. And they may not always tell us. So it may take us actually asking, hey, is what I'm doing? Is it inspiring at all or whatever? But like, they'll tell you. And it's kind of validation and a reminder that you do have a lot of things in you that you're not paying attention to and that you need to pay attention to and realize that you have so much potential there and so much good and so much to offer the world. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. That's so true. You know, and do a little exercise for yourself. Here's a little homework. I love giving some homework. But write down, write down some words, write down three to five words of how you want to be perceived. Yeah. I want to be perceived as dynamic. I want to be perceived as vivacious. I want to be perceived as beautiful. Whatever it is, write down those words and keep those in front of you for 30 days. And then take the challenge of asking friends and families, like, how do you perceive me? And see how often you come back and hear that list of words that you created. Yeah. Because you can purposefully infuse yourself with those words, whether it's focused, whether it's whatever it might be, so that that's how you're being perceived by the outside world. But it's coming from the energy and expectation that you set for yourself on your inside world. Right. When you see that every day, because like, I teach people how to use vision boards, create and use Ooh, vision boards too. So good. So when you're seeing that every day and you're saying it out loud every day, you are reprogramming your brain. You are re- making, and I'm not a scientist by any <laughs> means, but like the neural pathways. Yes. Like you create those neural pathways that are focusing on the positive things instead of all of the negative crap that we are bombarded with every single day, whether it's just our life and whatever the circumstances are, or whether it's social media or whatever. But you have the power to change those pathways in your brain to make things happen in a positive way mm. just by just by applying what you were saying and you know and or using a vision board and just keeping a quote or a scripture or a word or something like that in front of you post it on your mirror or whatever wherever you're going to see it all the time absolutely Mandy, you speak the truth. So <laughs> true. And it's about the neurotransmitters actually changing your brain. There's yeah. scientific evidence of how shifting your mindset actually works to transform your reality. Yeah. And one of the first books I read was Norman, well, that I read, you know, when I was going through the divorce, it wasn't yeah. the first one because that was like the gingerbread man or something. <laughs> but, but when I was really going through this big first transformation in my life, one of the books that hit me really hard was Norman Vincent Peale's The Power of Positive Thinking. Yeah. And he said in that book that if you could change your thoughts, you could change your world. Yeah. And I challenge myself even right now. Let's say I'm having a difficulty in my current relationship or with my mom or with a sister or with a friend or a client. I start to recognize the thoughts I'm having about the situation and thoughts that I'm having about the person. I go, okay, wait a second. Mm -hmm. I'm going to play with this and I'm going to really create purposefully and intentionally plant some really amazing thoughts around the situation. Yeah. And it's like 15 minutes later, an hour later, whatever it might be. It's like, whoa, wait a second. Norman Vincent Peale was onto something here. Yeah. You change your thoughts. You can change your world. And I find it to be true every single time. So play with your thoughts 
and see how much you can actually shift your reality. And it's not even about you saying, hey, so-and-so, that's not working for me. And I think you need to be changing this behavior. It's about shifting your own thoughts absolutely, and then letting a different reality transpire. And it's almost magical the way it works. You can pretty much shock yourself. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like, wait a minute. That's on my vision board and that's happened now? What? (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Not to feel negative about now. Nope. Mm -mm. (laughs) So who or what motivates and inspires you? Because you're, you obviously have a job, a business that is motivating, inspiring other people. So what do you do for inspiration? How do you recharge all of that? Well, a lot of it is having a routine or at least recognizing when my mindset is starting to fail me and I need to get into that routine. So one of the strategies that I actively engage in is staying incredibly emotionally connected to my vision. And it's a vision that I want for different things. It's a vision for what I want personally, professionally. But I find that if I'm thinking about thoughts or situations that transpired even a minute ago or a few seconds ago, I'm, I'm living in the past in my mind because that already happened. Yeah. So if I'm able to shift to what I want to have happen and it's in the future and I jump to that spot instead of what happened a few seconds ago, it really propels me into a place of power and a place of passion. But you have to be able to remind yourself like, hey, shift yourself to this spot because now you're thinking about something that happened two minutes ago and that's no longer your future. Now that's your past and we don't live in the past. But the more you live in the past, the more drained and unmotivated you can feel. And even in a workplace, if you're a leader and you're trying to transform your team, if you start thinking about who your team was yesterday and how you're going to deal with them based upon what you know yesterday, it's going to be very stressful and very draining. But if you start dealing with your team in terms of holding a vision for their greatness in your mind, in terms of who they can become tomorrow or who you see your team being, a whole different set of action transpires. Yeah, And it's very magical and very amazing. And it doesn't mean that you're sitting there tolerating behaviors from everybody, but it means that you've got a vision beyond present circumstances that's going to propel you to taking different action than you would if you were focusing on the other person. Yeah. Awesome. So to me, a lot of it is really, you know, like the work that you do, really connecting with that vision. And you use vision boards. I do a lot inside of my mind. I do a lot of closing Uh my eyes or just really laying there in bed in the morning. And another ritual is laying there in bed in the morning and starting to give gratitude. Yeah. I am thankful for the trees I see outside of my window. I'm thankful for the blankets that are covering me. I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful. And I do that for a good minute before my feet even hit the ground. It's like, wow, yeah, that's good. Okay, life is good. Yeah, that is a good thing to do, especially before you get out of bed. That's yeah. good to focus on that. <laughs> and it's so good for your immune system too, just as yeah. a side note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell us about any kind of, well, you've mentioned some already big obstacles that you've overcome in your life and how you did that. Yeah. I think for me, the biggest obstacle were the negative thoughts Mm -hmm. that were fed to me as a child growing up. And I had repetitive thoughts about myself. I had repetitive thoughts about my life. And the word dummy was often circulated in my head. And I hung on to that word. And when I was going through this time of leaving my abusive relationship, getting a divorce, I realized like, hey, 
those words are still going on in my head. It's time to shift this. And that's the biggest obstacle I think many of us face that I know many of us face is really what's going on inside of our own heads. And I remember hearing W. Mitchell speak, and he's a very fascinating person. If you haven't heard of W. Mitchell, look him up. But he was a gentleman who overcame many, many obstacles. He successful businessman out one day on his motorcycle, his motorcycle crashed. He was burnt beyond recognition. Oh. He got to the hospital. They asked him for a copy of his driver's license because they're like, we need to know what to make you look like. Oh my God. He got his life back on track and he was taking some flying lessons and he went on his solo flight to get his license and his plane. Oh my God. So he was left burnt. And this is a story. This is a very short synopsis of the story, but he was left in a wheelchair, burnt beyond recognition, dealing with the kids who would call him a freak, not understanding his situation. And the most profound words I remember hearing from W. Mitchell is, don't feel sorry for me. Don't look at me and don't pity me. Feel sorry for the people who cannot get beyond their own negative mindsets. Mm. Feel sorry for those people, have pity on them, but not on me. So when you look at every obstacle that you deal with in your life, ask yourself, is there a way to shift my mindset? Is there a way to shift my thoughts so that this obstacle just becomes part of the journey? It becomes part of the lesson. And how do I love myself enough to treat myself incredibly well while I deal with this challenge? Because A lot of us will go to the place where instead of treating ourselves well or recognizing our accomplishments in the midst of this really trying situation, we beat ourselves up. Yeah. Are like, oh, of course, you're just a dummy. How 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 are you doing this? You know, why are you doing this? Just give yourself some grace. Yes. Give yourself some celebration and a pat on the back and some love. Let yourself know it's okay. Yeah. I'm moving forward. I'm gonna get through this. Absolutely. Yeah. Give yourself some grace. That's something that another friend of mine that I just posted her, her interview a couple of weeks ago, or no, it was this week. She was saying <laughs> the same thing. Give yourself some grace. And that's, yeah. that's huge. Because so many times, I mean, we're easy on other people. How come we can't be love ourselves a little bit <laughs> with more compassion and more yeah. understanding? for ourselves, just like we would. Absolutely. And it's, it's so critically important to be able to love yourself and to fully love yourself and embrace that. And yeah. with that comes self-care. And you asked about what motivates me. Well, massages, flowers, yeah. <laughs> you know, all those kind of things. Really, it's, it's treating myself good. Even right now, I'm, I'm working where I'm like, oh, going to close a couple clients here, get some new clients on board. And I'm so excited. And I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? I'm like, all right, over my right shoulder here. I need some orchids and <laughs> so really thinking about flowers and what, and what do I do and how do I just celebrate the things that I'm going through? Because that's yeah. what makes life worthwhile. Right. And we're in a different day and age than my grandparents were, where they traveled from Lithuania to get here and they had many obstacles wow. along the way. It took them four years to get from Lithuania here to have a better life in America. But you think about the obstacles they went through, but we don't have those kind of obstacles. Right these days, but they could still be huge in our minds in terms of us trying to overcome those obstacles. And even with the pandemic, it's created many obstacles. It's created some isolation and loneliness. And Mm -hmm. we have to find ways to nurture ourselves and really move beyond what's draining us of our motivation and what's depleting us of our enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
So tell about a time where you made a huge mistake or you had no idea what you were doing. How did it pan out and what did you learn from it? <laughs> God, which one? <laughs> I know. That's what everybody says. And that's what I would say, too, if I were asked that question. I'm like, I don't know which one to tell you about because there's too many. A huge mistake. Well, you know, I could go back since I was talking about my divorce and there's many that have happened that have unfolded for me. Oh, gosh, there's another one, too, that I think about. <laughs> comes to mind that might be really relevant for your listeners. But when I was going, when I was in my marriage, and maybe this will tie back to the other point I was going to make also, a huge mistake is not honoring yourself. A lot of times we know instinctively what we want and what will serve us the best and what won't serve us. And whether it's getting into a marriage that we know right off the bat, like, no, I shouldn't do that. I'm afraid now because we have to, we have the invitations out and what will everybody think? So it's being concerned and making what other people think of us a priority as opposed to honoring ourselves. And that could come into play in many different ways. I remember when I was growing up, I was dancing and I had a dance teacher who was like, you're not the right body frame. You're not this, you're not that. And I was like, yeah, but I just, I just want to dance. Right. And, you know, thank goodness for the, the JLo's and everybody else who you know, <laughs> changed some of the stereotypes around yeah. bodies and who can dance, Shakira, right? <laughs> but when you have these people in your life who are telling you that what you desire is not possible and you choose to listen to it, that's a mistake. And that's a mistake that I have made over and over and over again is not honoring myself and my desires and what I know is right for me. Right. Yeah. Man, I think we can all say that we've done that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of us are doing things for other people. We're doing things for their approval. We're doing things just mm -hmm. so they'll stick around. And when yeah. I was facing my, when my, when my husband had just passed away back in 2012, he suddenly and instantly died. Wow. And Sorry about that. Thank you. And I remember after that situation, standing there in my house, it was a 1904 farmhouse. And I remember standing in that house that I purchased because he wanted me to. And my mother-in-law lived with us. And now she was contemplating moving out because her daughter wanted her to come and live with her. And my son moved out six weeks prior and the bunny had died and the pets oh. were gone. But I'm standing there alone after my husband wow. died. I'm like, how did I get here? Yeah. And how much of the of this did I do for everybody else? Yeah. And at that point in your life, when everything is stripped away from you, you have to come face to face with the person in the mirror and say, all right, it's you and me. Right. It's you and me, kid. <laughs> it's you and me. Where do we go from here? Yeah. And that's where you have to get back in touch with your own desires and rediscover Mm -hmm. who you are, the essence of you, who's you, you know, what, yeah. what's your soul? Who are you about? And I remember at that point in my life, I created a desire wall because I didn't know. So yeah. I had this huge wall in my office that was just for tracking my desires. And I took five, some five by seven sticky notes. Yeah. Anytime I felt an inkling of the universe saying, this is you, this is what you love. Boots with skirts and long kisses in the wind and flowers and diamond <laughs> wow. earrings. And I just started writing all those things down and putting them up on my desire wall. And I'm like, all right, yeah. I can bring these de desires to my life. But the more I tuned in to what was defining me, meaning what desires were popping into my head, what clues was the universe giving me in terms of who I was, the more I tuned into that, the more I got of that. 
the more clarity I got around who I am and what's going to make me sore and what's going to make me redefine my life for the next chapter. So pay attention to those desires and don't judge them. Right. Other people's voices live inside of our heads that's saying, you don't need that. You don't need to do that. That's just too much. Right. And you've got those judgment statements inside of your head. You've got to suspend judgment and just say, okay, I'm getting that clue. I'm writing it down. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to honor it. I'm not going to judge it. And then I'm going to decide if I want to bring that thing into my life. Yeah. But that supports your vision. That supports your ability to really to dream big. Yeah. And to kick ass. And to kick ass. <laughs> so you mentioned your your vision that you have vision for all these different things in your life. Like what about like in the next five years, what do you envision your life being like? That's always an interesting question because I know that I am in the making for the person that I'm gonna be in the next five years. Yeah. And I know that that person is growing, that the vision is bigger than it is today. But I don't know what the specific vision is. And I'm okay with that because to me, it's kind of like going in through one of those revolving doors. You step on the pad to open up the door. You know, you take that step, the door opens up, you go through it again, it opens up again. And I think we spend a lot of time trying to figure out, well, what's behind all the doors? Yeah. Where am I going to go? As long as I'm growing and as long as I'm happy and that those things are supporting the visions I'm bringing to life, that is key to me. The immediate vision is to bring my workplace detox movement to life and to really impact as many organizations and leaders that I can to make our workplaces happy and joyous and supportive of all the unique and individual talent that we're able to attract. Yeah. Awesome. I like it. I like it a lot. You're kicking ass. Kicking ass. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So, what is there any kind of, well, you've already given us like some great quotes, but is there, are there any other like a valuable lesson or word that keeps you going, a favorite quote, a joke, anything that you would like to leave with the mm-hmm. listeners? Oh, let's see if there's any more quotes that I have that I say <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I know they're up there. I know they are. Yeah. There's a lot that I go through, but one of the biggest things that I will remind myself of is to stay connected. Mm-hmm. When I catch myself focusing on the wrong thing of what somebody else isn't doing for me, of what I'm not feeling, of what I feel I'm missing in my life or what I'm not getting in my life, I remind myself that the power is there within me. And if I emotionally connect to the vision and to where I am going tomorrow or in the next minute, not the past minute, then my future is just going to change at incredibly fast speeds. So that's not a specific quote, but I want you to remember to connect with what you want for your life. And the vision doesn't have to be this huge, humongous, perfect thing that you're going to concrete and cement. It's just about how you want to feel in the next minute. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to impact? And it's really important, and I remind myself of this all the time, stay connected with it. Yeah. Don't lose that thought. Don't lose that feeling. Don't lose that direction. Don't lose that momentum. Awesome. Awesome. Well said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how can listeners get a hold of you? How can they connect with you? If you would like to connect with me, feel free. I'm on Facebook, Julie Bartkus, or you can visit www.juliebartkus.com. 
jewelbirdcast.com, and that's J-U-L-I-E, B as in boy, A-R, T as in Tom, K-U-S. And if you resonate with the message and I can help you in any way, please feel free to reach out and we will get you started with a conversation. (laughs) Awesome. That sounds great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Julie. I really appreciate you and appreciate what you're doing. And I'm so excited that you're dreaming big and kicking ass. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. It was such an honor to be here with you and uh, keep up the great work. And it's it's such an important message in itself to dream big, kick ass, do that. And you're going to find a lot of success and happiness in your life. Yeah. Amen to that system. If you are enjoying this podcast and getting inspiration and encouragement, then please, please, please subscribe, leave a positive review and share it with three of your friends who need a boost of hope and motivation to dream big. Also, it does cost money to make this podcast happen. So there are monthly fees for recording software and for Buzzsprout, the podcast platform that I use and for my editor. So if you would like to help defer some of what it costs to help keep it going, then you can click the buy me a coffee link in the show notes or on my website at madysawyer.com slash podcast. Also, if you need to delegate some virtual tasks that are bogging you down and keeping you from moving forward in your business, then check out my virtual assistant services on my website, madysawyer.com and schedule a free consultation call with me. I'd love to help you out during a VIP day where I'll focus only on tackling your tasks so that you have more time to shine in your zone of genius. So just a quick heads up for you, I am going to put the podcast on pause for the month of December 2021, just to get a break and to regroup. And I will be back in January. I've been trucking along with this podcast since August of 2020. And though I have added an editor to the mix, I do not have a whole team of people helping me with it. So and it does take time and energy and planning and promo and all of that stuff. So the beauty of hosting your own podcast is that you are the boss and you can decide how and when to take a break and regroup and pivot and whatever you need to do. And given that there are almost 70 episodes now, there's plenty of content for you to devour and even to revisit if needed. So again, I'll be taking a break from the podcast in December of 2021. We'll be back in January with more guests. I have plenty of guests already in the queue and plenty that are ready to schedule. So anyway, so thank you so much for understanding that. And remember to dream big and kick ass.